Episode number 48. I'm one of your hosts, Annie Buscemi, in good company with the night owl of Wadadin, the mythical legend, the king of Sergut Deutsch himself, Mr. <laughs> Neil Erfin. How you doing, buddy? Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. What's going on? Um, I'm editing weddings. That's what's going on. Yeah. Are you still shooting weddings or just editing? Uh, I had my last, what would have been my last wedding... Uh, this past Saturday, oh, um, it was a November wedding. It would have been, but then yeah. I got a couple last-minute December weddings. So, mm. um, just like but that's li- so that's, just like little little last-minute um, yeah. One of them, kind of thing, little. Well, yeah, totally. Yeah, like one of them was a small wedding, um, like a like a three-hour, four-hour coverage kind of thing. That's mid-December. Yeah. It was kind of like a last-minute booking. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one of them was a full wedding. It was actually the one that I was talking about in the last podcast. Um, and that's a December 30th wedding that they kind of booked pretty late. And mm-hmm. um, so, but it's a full wedding December 30th, which is kind of not that bad because it's not New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? I, so, yeah, you know, I haven't yeah. not had a New Year's <laughs> Eve in a while. So I actually have my New Year's Eve this year. So that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um, well, but, well, uh, well, a couple of questions about that. Now, when, when you get one of those uh, three to four hour um, weddings. How do you, pr- how do you do your pricing with those? Oh, wow. Good question. We're just like digging right into oh, like the yeah. details here. Listeners <laughs> like this stuff, right? Because then it's like real world. Well, you know? it, it always um, happens. So I want to see what, what you do com- in, compared to us. Sure. So for, for that kind of thing, I have actually a separate small wedding slash elopement contract, um, mm-hmm. which basically is essentially like an hourly coverage rate. But it ends up being more than it would be if you booked me at my full day rate. If you mm-hmm. if you start approaching like a full day coverage, you know. So, in my head, when I'm booking my full day coverage rate, that kind of that's like about ten hours to me. Um, I actually I actually am one of those people that says I have full day coverage and I don't have a set time limit. And I know some people that really kind of concerns uh, some wedding photographers that concerns, but I've never. Not literally once. Well, actually, one time I was okay. So once when I first started, I was I like went to the after party and I was like, you know, like basically people thought I was the club photographer at the after party because I stayed so long and I was like, whatever. And I liked the couple and I was new and I was like, whatever. But right, right. but um, but now I really just have no problem because it's all about like setting them up in expectations. When I have them in for the initial console, I basically say that I'm there when events wrap up at the reception. But it's not a set time limit. And I usually never have a problem. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. my wedding that I just had this past weekend, I think I was only there like maybe nine hours or something like that, you know? So, and I, in my head, I always kind of think like average 10, which it usually ends up working out to be. Um, mm-hmm. But that, what was the question? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, how, how would you price a, a wedding who, oh, right, where right. they say, you know, they only need you about three to four hours, which you it's never that short. It always goes like yes. five or six. Yeah. So here's the um, totally. And here's the huge thing about that, that this list, listen up, listen up new, new wedding photographers. Here's the thing. Whenever it's a two or three hour coverage thing, and they think that it's <laughs> going to be two or three hours, what Neil just said, it's exactly true. It really means that it's probably going to be longer and they, it's, oh, everybody, everybody the always underestimates. So what you do is this, have your, what I do is I have my hourly coverage rate that if you if you start approaching like seven hours, you might as well just go to a full day package. You know what I mean, or a full day rate mm-hmm. with me. Um, yeah. But so if so if it is so if they really say three or four hours, then you have your hourly rate 
there that also includes all the post-production, you know, so it's a higher fee. So people, when they look at the number, they're like, wow, that's what you cost per hour. I'm like, nope, it's not just that per hour. It's what, you know, the post-processing work following it, all the emails and all the things that we're going to do leading up to your wedding day, all that kind of thing. Not that it, you get into that discussion. You don't, never want to get into that discussion, but you have to yep. know why you're charging what you're charging. Uh, but the other, the, here's the real key. The real key is this. And, you know, take take like half or, you know, I actually sometimes if it's if it really is like a two, three hour thing that they think is going to happen, I'll just take like an hour of deposit. You know what I mean? Like what my what mm-hmm. the one hour's worth of time is worth. But then invoice them the balance following the wedding and be clear about that with them. So like if, for example, they say that it's going to be three hours, I'm like, OK, three hours. Here's my here's my deposit. And then I'll charge you just that, you know, that for now. And then mm-hmm. I will invoice you the balance following the wedding. And that's the only time that I'll ever invoice following the wedding. I usually always get paid prior to the wedding if it's a full day coverage. My, um, usually I have, you know, everything is due 21 days prior to the wedding. But for in those situations, I've learned that because things change um, and sometimes you end up being there longer, you know, have that discussion with them ahead of time. And then I'm like, hey, if you want me to stay, just so you know, it's going to continue at my normal rate. And it's worked out a few times that I've stayed longer and then I invoice them the full balance and they never have any questions when I invoice them the full balance. balance. Oh, and cool. I've never had a problem too where... Um, I've always thought in my head, if for some reason uh, that I didn't, you know, they didn't pay the balance. I've never had clients that haven't paid or anything like that, but I would always be able to hold on to the photos and like anything. I wouldn't edit anything until I got the remaining Mm -hmm. balance um, back. Um, So that's, uh, that's how I approach uh, smaller wedding, uh, you know, coverage clients. Um, You do something similar. Was it, did that sound, what do you do? You know, I, I just kind of get all their information of what kind of coverage that they want. Um, you know, usually they say three to four hours, but they think that they're going to fit in. They think they're going to fit in. Uh, let's see. Getting ready. First look. Ceremony. Um, family portraits afterwards. <laughs> and first speech is all that in three hours. Right. Um, in a perfect world. And I'm sorry, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think it's going to happen, but it will never happen. So we kind of we kind of see what kind of coverage that they want. If if they only want ceremony and family portraits afterwards, yeah, that that'll last about two hours. But um, we 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 kind of get all the information of what kind of coverage they they want. Mm-hmm. Do they want to go on locations? Because that's that's what's going to drive the the price up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of we kind of just take take all the info and um and kind of dwindle down from our packages saying okay they don't want bride getting getting ready they don't want full ceremony and then we all take off 500 then another 500 mm-hmm. and another 500 we, we just kind of go in 500 increments of taking it off mm-hmm. of our of our package of of what what they don't want so. yeah and that's a good way to do it too mm-hmm. as long as you're really listening and kind of talking with them and making mm-hmm. sure that you guys are on the same page <laughs> you know because sometimes yeah. it's our job to like inform them like hey you know, like I've mentioned in the, on the podcast before, like I always have Google Maps out in front of me whenever I'm going mm-hmm. over stuff with them. I'm like, just so you know, this location <laughs> takes 30 minutes. You know what I mean, to get to this place, and uh, you know, yeah, so. yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, there and back. You know, that's an hour right there. So, and and people people never ever understand that until right. you uh, actually point it out to them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but now let's let's talk about. You know, you mentioned uh, New Year's Eve. Um, you, that wedding isn't on New Year's Eve, but. If if a wedding were to be on New Year's Eve, do you have like a holiday special or not specials? Do you have holiday pricing? I should say. Uh, so I, I've had this discussion with other photographers before. Yeah, I know too. some people are really adamant about charging an additional fee. Um, you know, like on for a New Year's Eve wedding. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. Um, I I'm just kind of like I'd rather book the wedding than than have an additional fee. But I totally 110 percent completely understand why somebody would. You know, um, I think maybe mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier for me to say that because I don't have kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that going on. And and when you don't, I think it's I'm not as concerned. You know what I mean about about losing that. You know, but. Um, but yeah. I think that I would be if I did. And then I think that, you know, if your time is more valuable, that, that time, that family time can be incredibly valuable. Um, and, and if that time is incredibly valuable to you, then I think it totally makes sense to charge more uh, f- mm-hmm. to um, to make it worth your time to to lose, you know, out on an, on a, on an event like that you know, or on a you know holiday. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, um, uh, but I totally understand why people would. And, but if I did, I would probably charge an extra, you know, four or 500 bucks or something like that. And make it worth, worth the time to do it. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Charge just a little bit extra. It, I mean, it all depends on the holiday, you know, right. if it's uh day after Thanksgiving is to where I know I'm going to, I just want to lay on the couch all day and <laughs> then, <laughs> then, the, then, yeah, you got to pay a little extra to get me off the couch and, uh, right. and eat less the day before right. but uh or, or, or even like uh fourth of july you know that that's uh i really like that one so um so yeah i'll definitely charge more for that one but new year's uh, i don't know i'm up in the air about it mm-hmm. you know what, what the way i think of it is that there's only so many weekends in a wet in, in a year mm-hmm. there's only so many weddings that we can book so yes. it, it all depends on on our year-end numbers in the in the time of year too so if it's midsummer when we're rocking out you know weddings wet, wedding after wedding then yeah we'll uh you know, we'll, we'll skip, we'll skip a holiday wedding, but, um, you know, in, in those wintertime months, you know, it's, it's nice to have that extra income. That's kind of why that, and I think that's kind of why I never did for the new year's Eve weddings that I did. Like I, I had, I think three years in a row, but this year I don't for whatever reason, but it's like, I just never did because it's like, I'd rather book it. It's in the off season kind <laughs> of, you know, and it's like, I, I don't want to, um, you know, I'd be happy to book at my normal rate, you know? So yeah, yeah. Um, and and I you know I know those people you know there, there are people who have their year, yearly traditions of th- places that they go but I I really don't and you know it's I'd, I'd rather just you know be at a party anyway and, and make some money right but, yep. but that's just me yep um okay so, so cool. what would you have something no I just said cool oh, okay uh, so, uh, listeners, keep in mind that we have an assortment of handpicked information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you lost your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-monthly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. By wedding photographers. <laughs> and the show goes live every other week, uh, 8.5 to 9.0 times out of 10. Uh, usually every other <laughs> yeah. week. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we need, to need a week to kind of like uh, kind of recoup. And Neil was out uh, shooting Christmas portraits and he built this set. Actually, you want to talk a little bit about that, about uh, what you did there? Or do you probably not want to talk about it? Because <laughs> you're probably, cause you're probably <laughs> holiday portrait sessioned out. I don't know. <laughs> do you want to just give like a brief, yeah. brief uh, update? Uh, to you, you know, I, yeah, three three years ago, I started this whole um, doing a, like uh, raising raising toys for kids who, who are underprivileged, who don't have any toys to uh, to wake up to on Christmas Eve or Christmas day. Um, so what I did is, um, uh, did, did this, uh, Christmas specialist where people come in, get their picture taken. And if they bring in a toy, they get a big, a, a nice discount, um, off their session. And, um, 
and I've been growing it year after year, just getting it bigger and better every year. And um, the first year I had, I don't know, I was, I was somewhere in the teens, but we raised a lot of toys that kind of filled up our couch mm-hmm. and in the uh, the back seat of our car. Then the second year we doubled that. We had we were in the twenties and we filled up a van last year of toys. And this year we we have eighty seven. Um, booked wow. and i hope to fill up almost almost like a u-haul this this year so uh but yeah in, in my studio i have a 2500 square foot studio space and um i kind of went all i i try and do different things every year and this year i went all out and kind of um built and designed a um kind of like a victorian style living room um put a floor down put walls up uh painted it did trim Got a real tree. All, I, I just kind of went all. We kind of went all mm-hmm. out for it, and, uh, and we had our whole staff there, and it was a it was a big success. And and right now, then my my throat is really scratchy from yelling at kids <laughs> of yelling, you know telling them to say cheese and smile and and tickling them and 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 it was uh it was it was awesome yeah. though awesome and uh, like personally, man, like awesome job, like like on the set, like and just the whole thing you got going on there is really really oh, amazing. Thank you. And uh, if if you're not. Uh, friends with neil on facebook you should friend him and check it out because it's really really cool stuff he's <laughs> he's doing over there so um congratulations on oh, the whole man, thing thank you. seriously thank um, you thank you uh, i actually skipped a couple things that i should have mentioned uh so i'm going to kind of go back Ooh. to the beginning and just uh, remind people what was i going to remind people oh i've got a oh the two things uh, that i want to mention is just that uh, join us in the facebook group uh so we do have the facebook mm-hmm. group uh, if you go on facebook and search wedding photographers unite there um, we're building up uh, some people that are joining us in that group. And thanks if you've already uh, joined us in there. And if not, uh, come on in and say hi, and then we'll start getting more active in there um, uh, as we kind of go forward with the show. So, again, that's just uh, just search Wedding Photographers Unite in on Facebook and join us in there. And then also just a reminder mm-hmm. that in episode number 51, uh, we will be doing a listener critique on photos. Thank you very much to the people that have sent in photos so far. Um, if you're interested in getting uh, free free critiques by Neil and I, just uh, send them in uh, at 2,000 pixels wide. Pick your top four images, and you have until December 15th uh, to get any of those images into our email at info at weddingphotographersunite.com. Um, which, by the way, uh, let me go back uh, to our mid-session dialogue there and just say don't forget to leave us a review in iTunes and subscribe in iTunes. And also help us help you by sending in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com. Uh, that's info at weddingphotographersunite.com. Yes. And uh, I think, you know, our main topic today is going to be post-production because we said that we were going to kind of push that off into this episode. So we will be doing that. Uh, but before we do that, mm-hmm. uh, Neil, uh, in the Facebook group, uh, Jen, uh, who's, I think, written in before, um, basically asked a question that you said you were going to kind of get back to basically talking about gear and, and this kind of thing. Do you want to introduce that question and what, uh, what we, yeah, yeah. You know, this is something I kind of want to talk to you about anyway, is to get a list together. Um, Black Friday is coming up and at the end of the year is coming up. So we got to kind of spend some money to, to get our, uh, our income lower. So we have less right. taxes to pay. Um, <laughs> so, so this is a good time of year to, uh, to, buy some gear or um from what jennifer says is if there's any any uh, you know business or, or learning things that um that's money well spent uh that can help um you know some sometimes she feels like there's things that's a waste of money so she wants some advice of what to look into um i don't know about you andy but this year i am looking mm-hmm. at lenses 
Um, actually, just uh, for this Christmas special, I rented some lenses uh, from LensRentals.com, mm-hmm. and uh, and I got them right on time, and I shipped them out yesterday. It was it was very easy. It was so easy, um, and I loved the lens. I actually fell in love. I I, did, I rented the eighty five millimeter mm-hmm. at one point four. Um, I fell in love with it. I'm going to buy it. Uh, so I'm going to watch on uh, Black Friday for nice. some deals for that lens, if there are any. I hope there are. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to look into, uh, some lighting equipment and some stuff for my studio. Um, any, any, any other software that I think I might need any little upgrades. Usually those are the big ones that have a lot of, uh, uh, discounts Mm -hmm. are, are software Mm -hmm. upgrades. Um, usually they offer them like at 30, 50, sometimes even like like 75% off. It's, it's insane. So if you need any upgrades on software or if you're, um, in the in the in the need of that kind of stuff, um, definitely definitely look look around for that stuff on Black Friday. Um, B and I'm just going to stock their website over the next over the next couple weeks. <laughs> uh, what what's do you have anything in mind, Andy? Uh, yeah, the main thing for me that I'm kind of thinking is maybe lenses. You know, I you know to Jen's question, like what ends up being worth it, what ends up not being worth it in terms of money that you spend on your business. It's really hit or miss, and it depends on where you're at. Um, I think you know you do need a certain level of of gear in order to do the job. But then once you, you know, have that level of gear, uh, sometimes you know. So, like for example, let's let's make like a perfectly obvious case, right? If you don't have a DSLR, <laughs> you need a DSLR <laughs> in order to take photos, right? So it's like that that. Three th- two three thousand dollars you spend on a body, you is worth every penny because you need you literally need a DSLR to take a photo, right? Um, but if you have two DSLRs and um, maybe you need a, th- a third backup, the third backup if you have a second shooter, maybe you don't need the third backup if you always have a second shooter with you that always shoots the same cameras as you. For example, you know, um, mm-hmm. then it yep. becomes less important um, the more gear that you have. So, like for me. The one lens that I'm kind of eyeing, have been eyeing since it came out this year, is that 105 uh, Nikon, uh, the 1.4. Is it? Yeah, the one. Yeah, that is yeah. 1.4. Yeah, 1.4. Yeah. That yeah. that lens mm-hmm. kind of like would fill the gap for me from the 135 that I've talked about on this podcast before. That is really the lens that I missed from Canon and have missed for, for like two years now. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been I've had the hardest dilemma about buying that lens because it's two grand. And I already have the 105 macro, which I use all the time uh, for my ring shots. And I also very often use as a portrait lens as well. Like in the morning when I show up uh, for the girls, um, I always have like the 105 as one of my lenses on one of my cameras because you can really shoot macro with it and get details, but then also use it as a portrait lens too. Um, so I already have that focal length and I'm like, why would I buy another 105? Yeah, why? Yeah, why? Yeah, why are you thinking? Well, like, the reason is is because because that 105 macro is a 2.8 um, at the lowest oh, aperture. Okay. Um, which the, the the amazing thing about that night the the 135s is like like at shoot, being able to shoot at 2.0 gives you all that creamy blurry bokeh and all that kind of stuff in the back. And it's like this lens the the 105 macro is great for shooting portraits and it's really nice and you get nice bokeh and everything, but not 1.4 bokeh. You know, like not not yeah. not like that. And it's like but and it's still not like that extra bit of that 135 that I want in terms of focal length. So I'm like so conflicted on it. But and I still at the end of the day, like I'm still thinking like right now, am I going to buy it? But I don't think I am because I already had that lens. I just want a 135. And I'm still 
with my fingers <laughs> crossed for Sigma or Nikon to release a new 135 2.0, you know, or or better, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know, and and then sometimes like even with like workshops, is it worth spending money on workshops to to get better? Sometimes it is depending on where you're at, you know, like if you're much newer mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff is new to you and you really are a visual person and, and learn better in person, then maybe it's worth it. But if you've been doing it for 10 years and have you gone to 300 workshops, you know what I mean? In 10 years, then it's not, it becomes not as worth it to spend money on a workshop. Right. So you yeah. kind of have to think about where yeah. you're at and then kind of make some decisions. And unfortunately there's no real like easy answer, I think to like, to say like when it's worth it or not. But like Neil, in your case, mm-hmm. you're talking about for your business and we have tax, like tax things as a reality, you know, like, of course we want to, you know, we don't want to give Uncle Sam all that money, you know, we don't, we're not going to get into politics <laughs> on this episode, but, but you don't want to give Uncle Sam all that money, right? So it's like, okay, so we'll buy some, something on the, for the business. And, and it is a good time of year to do that if you're, if you're thinking about it. So then, so then maybe it's like, well, maybe I do want that 105, you know, if it's a, if it ends up being a write-off, you know, um, Mm-hmm. And but there's no real right answer a lot of the time. Um, you know, I guess the one thing is is like hopefully you have some kind of budget for your business and you've thought about hey this is how much money. Maybe here's the real answer, John. Is yeah, yeah, like well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like at the beginning <laughs> of the year, right, or even at any point in the year, just say like you know if you do your cost of doing business. And how much money you want to make per year, mm-hmm. and and factor into how much money you expect to spend every year on gear for your business. Maybe that number is three thousand dollars. Maybe that number is fifteen thousand dollars, depending on where your business is at. But wherever that number is, yeah. then you know that's the budget that you put in place for the amount of money that you're going to spend on gear, and it'll either fall into that or not. And then at least, then at least you can compare. Do I want this piece of software? Do I want to spend money on this workshop? Do I want this lens? And you can, and then you can kind of force yourself into making actual real decisions on what you think will actually be most beneficial to your business, as opposed to just kind of like going with the wind on it. So maybe that's, maybe that's the answer you're looking for. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what, uh, Mark, um, he's he's a listener and he's in the facebook page and uh and he had a hit a good point that um you know don't uh don't kind of waste your money on shiny new stuff unless you use it um uh, but he also said before that um if you if you're happy with the gear that you have you'll shoot better images which is a good point and i think that if you spend money on better gear you're going to have more confidence and your images are going to be better so that that's that's a good point, and that's why I'm kind of more mm-hmm. le- leaning towards mm-hmm. lenses and lighting lighting gear rather than stuff that's just going to be kind of like sitting around in my studio and just taking up space. Is to where a year from now I'm not really going to use it, but lenses they're always going to be used. I mean, we're photographers; mm-hmm. we're always going to use lenses. So, um, and I, but I would kind of stay away from like those crazy lenses, like a fisheye, or I would I would get something that you know, like a nice portrait lens that you're really really going to use a lot. Yeah. And quality glass does matter. Um, yes, it does. Quality yeah. glass totally does matter in terms of lenses. So um, it's worth usually like in the Canon world to spend the money to get an L series lens. It's worth, you know, 
you know, spending that extra money to go to get the higher end lenses. Um, most of the time, not all the time. I think most of the time it is. Um, so mm-hmm. you got to do your research before you buy anything and, and kind of, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh man. Way, way I shot with that 85 all weekend and everybody is so crispy, sharp. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice. So uh, thank you. And we'll kind of go on to our, our main topic here, which is, post-production yay now post-production <laughs> talking about post-production like the details of post-production because last time we kind of got into like the overview of calling and doing some basic editing right yeah the boring stuff yeah oh, i'm sorry some people like that stuff i i kind of like it i kind of get bored with it because it's same old same old same old but i love post-processing okay. i love it so let's talk nitty-gritty post-processing and we can take this conversation in a lot of different directions i guess and we can go into like style we can go into now this is yeah this is i mean i guess this is more like the artistic side of editing or the more detailed side of retouching as well maybe we should talk about retouching first before we get into the artistic decisions what do you think mm-hmm. about that? So I got a sure. I got a question for you. How do you, um, if you have a bride, let's say you have a heavy set bride, and she says, "Hey, make me thin, take make my arm small." Um, what do you respond to that? Um, and uh, in terms of like retouching work, and how much retouching do you do, and how much does that play into your post production workflow? Well, at what point does she uh, does she request to be thin? Uh, okay, so <laughs> is, it, is it after I shot the image? <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Um, because usually it helps before, so I can do that in in camera in posing, yes, and uh, lighting. That's that's um, that's what I like to do. Uh, um, when that usually you always get the mom that that says that, but once in a while, yeah, a bride does come out. I you know I'm not going to sit there and and, and post process every single image like 800 to 1000 images of her arms um what i'll tell her is that the images that she picks out for her album i'll make sure that the ones that are you know the close ups that 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 i'll I'll, uh, I'll hook her up um i mean it's only a couple couple uh clicks of a button to do that for me it's a click of a button for you it's like a you a know swipe of the whack of pen. the uh, a swipe of a of a pen yeah <laughs> Because I still use my my touchpad of of editing, I've always have done it, and and I think I always will. That's do okay. It. Um, There's nothing wrong with that, Neil. I um, own it. No. <laughs> so so yeah, that's that's why I do. Um, you know. Yeah. So I think in what you just said, I think the the key was is to kind of like set them up with the with the idea that no, you won't be editing every single photo, and that's what I say too. It's like, um, you know, you'll basically. What I always say, and, and it gets them to laugh a little bit. My little line is when they ask me that, or if they ask me that, I'll basically say like, yeah, you know, like what I like to do is help a sister out or help a brother out. And that gets them laughing a little bit. And then kind of like, mm-hmm. and then what I say is like, yeah, but I don't do that on every image because that would take a really long time. I do that on a subset of images, you know, and I don't, don't even really mention the number unless they, they really kind of ask. Cause I used to have that number in my packages, but now I just kind of like do like, I have like three levels of editing, whatever, you know, like there's one, mm-hmm. like for a full wedding, I have, I think I mentioned on the last episode that, you know, if I deliver 700 images, they'll all be clean images that are just 
basic like basic edits, exposure correction, cropping, white balance issues, just making sure that it's a, a deliverable wedding. Um, but then there's like a smaller number of images. And now it's in my head, it's just like I usually do about 20, something like that. I know that you don't do it until the wedding mm -hmm. books now. Um, I still kind of do it. And I might be changing that at some point. But but um, mm -hmm. but only on really those images will I do that. And really, if it, it's if it's really needed, unless there's something like really kind of like even in a normal image if it's like man like this this really could use some help you know and, and if i really see it and i'm and i think that it could really use some help i'm gonna help i will help a sister out or a brother out in a certain case where it's like okay i see this you know in in this particular image or this particular series of images if i'll i'll do it to like two because mm -hmm. i because i feel like there's like the good side of me that's like no i've got to at least help them out here even if i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do it on <laughs> everything but on some that can really use the help yeah. like i'm going to do it if i see it and i'm like and if i, and if I know that it's just like a 30 second to 60 second edit. I'll bring it in and do it and bring it back out, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, um, and a good tip is uh, don't overdo it, man. Uh, I mean, just, just do it very subtly as to where it, it makes a difference, but as to where it doesn't pop out to you, it doesn't draw attention to the eye. Um, and be careful with that liquify yeah. tool too. Um, if, if anything, try and try and choose a, like a bigger brush, um, because if you choose a smaller brush, you're going to see like yes. almost waves in, in their arms and stuff. So just kind of, and, and watch. And, and when you do it, make sure that there aren't any, like they're not standing by like a straight picket yes. fence, <laughs> because if you liquefy their arm, the whole fence is going to move it to. And people are like, Oh, that's definitely Photoshop because the, the fence is now no longer straight. Um, so watch watch your vertical and horizontal lines if if you're if you're going to do that. Yeah, too, you just so. said about three or four key things that, <laughs> that I want that I want to keep going on because <laughs> you're so exactly right. Um, the first I think is just uh, subtleties, absolute subtleties. Like good editing, I think is uh, I think in any of this post production conversation, it's all about subtleties. And um, you know if. I think I mentioned this on the podcast like a long time ago, like like one of the, one of the first episodes. But I had uh, sound recording majors uh, as housemates when I was going to school. I was a music uh, music uh, major, and uh, and one mm -hmm. of the things that like because they were into audio production and audio engineering that they said that to me that totally is exactly true in my mind for good editing is that you know if you're gonna put reverb or echo on somebody's voice for example in a mix then do it so that it's there, but don't do it so much that somebody knows that it's there. Don't don't do it to the point where you know that there's reverb on that voice because it's going to sound like whoa, there's reverb on that voice, and that's like too much. You know what I mean? And the most blatant example that I can give you that is ex an exact correlation to that for editing photos is like a vignette on a photo. Oh, I was um, just going to say that. Yeah. I literally was just going to chime in and say vignetting is a perfect example. Yeah. Because it, and because it is, because it's like, you know what like people used to do in like the nineties <laughs> where it's like, you have like this complete white circular vignette or this complete black circular vignette where it's like, mm -hmm. no, like, no, that is too much. Right. And, and you can, you can play with every gray area of level in and between that, where it's like, this is, this is. There's a vignette there, but it's not. It's a vignette there. It's not. You could even say the same for for uh, what was that thing that everybody did in the '90s with the color? Uh, oh, color select, selective yeah, color. Yeah, selective coloring. Same thing. Terrible. <laughs> Nobody should really be doing that so that anybody notices. However, however, 
you can still do that if people don't notice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you if you subtly take the color out in a way that maybe the color is still there, but there's still like a 50%, you like you're taking 50% of the color away because you want to bring attention to something that's more important in the actual image. You can still do mm-hmm. that, but just don't do it so the people know that you did it. You know? That yeah. this is I yeah. think this is the total key to to good editing is like is doing things in subtleties and then knowing where where you're trying to put the focus on um what what is the focus of the image what's the most important thing in the image um where do you want to draw the viewer's eye to and then everything else is really just how are you going to lead the the viewer's eye there without being blatant about it you know Mm -hmm. um that took me a long time to, to figure out and not only just like the the understanding that um, I guess intellectually, but like, but also the subtleties of actually doing the editing so that you can get there, um, and have it look, um, like it's natural, like it's still, like it's happening in a natural kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. yep. so, so yeah. Um, and then I guess maybe we'll bring it, unless there's anything else you wanted to say, I'll go back to the liquify thing. No, no. That's okay. Good. Um, so yeah, so getting back to the liquify then. Um, what it's the same thing that you just mentioned too. The two that stuck out was just that um, you know again do it. It's it's about doing it in subtleties, and then also there's this really cool thing when you do. And, and I'm saying this in particular because I'm thinking of like new amateurs that are not familiar with using the Liquify tool, which is just literally you. Um, a couple things about this. If, since we're getting into a deep post production conversation, I'm, I'll, we'll go we'll dig a little deeper in this because why not? But like if you're gonna Liquify, um, uh, say like an arm. Or somebody's neck very often I was just doing this the other day um, on an engagement session where it's like some you know sometimes people on a side profile have a neck that isn't very um, you know that 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 could be that could use some help that could help a sister out or help a brother out like I was saying before so if you want to help that mm-hmm. out um, or underneath the chin area too that's yes even, even I mean even everybody almost has that even skinny people I see uh, you know has it so it's not people you know it's not like it's a fault or, or a, no. a bad thing, you know, but just everybody has it. Yeah. So. And it's, and you know, it's, it's not about changing people. It's about mm-hmm. helping them. And helping, that, I yeah. think that is, that is the, the true key there. Cause we can help them in the way that we pose them when we're shooting. We can also help them in the way that we're editing, but, but not taking it too far. We're not like, we're not going crazy. We're not going to crazy town, you know, cause we all know that that, that <laughs> is, that goes too far. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I think mm-hmm. the general consensus is, is we've all kind of agreed that like cosmopolitan and taking things to like an extreme level is not healthy for young girls <laughs> and all these kinds of things. Right. But it's like, but you can still help people. And, and so, so, so for example, if you want to help somebody out with like a side profile on their, on their um, neck or under the chin, it's like you go in there and you take just that take the piece that you actually want to edit not the full image because if you do the full image then you're going to be dealing with the whole image so you, ba- <laughs> you yeah so you basically want to like like select the area you want to work on and then bring mm-hmm. it into that liquify tool and then slightly like what neil what you just said is use a bigger bigger brush rather than a smaller brush because if you use a smaller brush it's gonna be all over the place use a bigger brush move it be careful don't go too far like like what you just said with the fences too like if there's lines or if there's (laughs) patterns um you're gonna have more of a problem but if you got trees next to you maybe you can push things and you know you're not gonna really notice as much but Mm -hmm. um what i usually do is i kind of go far with it farther than i actually want to go with it and then there's this really cool tool within Liquify called Reconstruct. Do you use that at all? That Reconstruct no. filter? Um, 
No, I actually just found the liquify tool just not too long ago, just a couple months ago. Actually, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of embarrassed that uh, I'm really into post processing, but I just kind of <laughs> I don't know. I just never used yeah, it. But uh, that's that's okay. Um, but uh, there's this really cool feature in liquify with this reconstruct um, button. So basically, if you go really far with your liquify, which is like a place that you shouldn't go, um, if you hit reconstruct. It'll start you off at 100%, so it'll show you 100% of the way that you just morphed the image. But if you back off of that to 90, 80, 70, 60, 50, 40%, whatever, then you'll only go 40% of the way that you moved that image. So if you moved somebody's chin up, for example, and it went too far, well, then don't do 100% of what you just did. Use 40% of what you just did. And then you can subtly see the change without changing somebody too much, if you know what I mean, where it doesn't mm. like look like them anymore or it looks awkward or weird. So you, you have to be very careful about it. And that this is why I think for, both, for photographers, both shooting and editing, this is why... Um, type a people that have like this thing where it's like we're like kind of perfectionist about like looking at the details i think that's why we do well in this for those of us that are out there yeah, i was having some conversations mm -hmm. with people recently about like about this <laughs> and, uh, uh yeah so if you're a type a person and you're not even a photographer chances are you could potentially be a good photographer because you have that bug of like <laughs> wanting to like like remove the light socket from the wall or whatever you know in particular images <laughs> Um, you know, oh my gosh, it's so funny. Right before you said that light socket, I'm looking to the left of your screen because I see you on yes. my screen, and right behind you, there's a light socket. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm that, just looking, looking at it. It's bothering right me. Now, man. Yeah, I'm like, I just, I just want to clone that exactly, shit out right now. Man. Exactly. <laughs> that is, that's the, that is seriously like the problem that we have. I think is like literally like in life, I'll be like going through, I'll be like walking into a room, and I'll be like. Why did they do this? Why does that happen there? It's, it's actually like a problem. Like it's a sincere, like real problem. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so but uh, but actually speaking of of things like that, uh, when when I first um, when I first pull in an image from Photoshop, I look at anything that's distracting and I just kind of get rid of it. You know, like light sockets or anything, anything that'll draw your eye. The one thing that I always used to get upset with of entering images into print competitions and this is one way i kind of learned a lot of this stuff uh, print competitions or if i submitted images to be reviewed by someone online um it always 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 ticked me off when they would say oh, i find that distracting even though it's like way in the background or off to the left or in the corner they always find something distracting so i kind of learned from that of when I, the first thing i do before anything else when i pull an image into photoshop i get rid of things that are distracting yeah or or things that are are too bright in the image because yes. the the he, brightest part of the image should always be around your subjects. Or that is subjects. huge, huge listeners. That's huge. Keep going. Don't let mm -hmm. me stop you. So so if if there's something in the corner that's very bright and has nothing to do with the image at all, tone that down or get rid of it because your eye will automatically go to the brightest thing in the image every single time. I guarantee it. So tone that down or get rid of it. And then, and then you, uh, then you, then you do your own thing after that. Yeah, I learned. <laughs> I learned the same thing where, when I would bring an image in, if I, okay, I look at like I make that decision. This is like one of my twenty or whatever that I'm gonna edit. When you bring it into Photoshop, I used to like get all crazy with it at first, but now I've really kind of learned. I just want to make this the best possible image it can be without going crazy first. And what mm -hmm. you just said, that's what that means is anything that can be distracting. If I really feel that that every element in an image 
either works towards the good of an image or it works towards the bad. I don't think there's almost any gray area. Like something either makes the image better or makes it worse. And then once you start thinking like that, you can say like, well, does the light socket make the image better or worse? And if it if it's a clear makes it worse and it's a and it's a very easy thing to do, then get rid of it. You know, like when you're mm-hmm. taking your images to that next level, that is you have to make those those decisions, I feel like on everything that's in, in the image. Um and and so how what can you do to make make that image um direct the viewer's eye to what you want them to view which most often in portrait work is usually the eyes not always depending on on you know if you're what you're you're going for but you need to make the decision what is the most important thing in the image where are you trying to lead the 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 viewer's eye to and then um you can get rid of those distractions you can what neil just said is well where is the brightest point in the image and if there are other distracting bright things well then maybe what you should consider doing is like bringing those down a little bit in a subtle way you're not like killing mm-hmm. things do you know what i mean like so that it knows yeah. that so that you can you can tell that you edited this image in a crazy way but you're like very right. subtly 10% 20% exposed you know painting you know what i mean or you know exposing those areas down and then making mm-hmm. real decisions about well where what should the brightest thing be like in black and white images when you do black and whites um if, for example, like the father's, if it's a, I'm thinking this one image that I edited that actually was, I used as a podcast image on one of our recent episodes or whatever, but like in that particular image, the, it was all about the dad's face and his crying. Do you know what I mean? Oh yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember that image. Yep. Um, it, that's what it was all about. But in the actual image out of the camera, his face was not the brightest thing. It was like the side of the side of the image, you know, the side or whatever. And then, and then there was a bridesmaid mm-hmm. that I had to like totally get out of the bottom right hand corner because it was she was totally distracting. She did not make that image better. So it's like if I can just swipe her out and make that area dark, then of course I'm going to do that because that's going to make this image better. You know, when you take it those artistic images to the next level, or or the ones where you're really trying to make sing and tell this beautiful story because because the bride wants to see her father. The bride wants, that's the most important thing is her father's reaction. So other things in that image, light sockets, bright things that are brighter than his face, bridesmaids that have a bridesmaid's arm or foot yep, or, people, you yep, know, like, guests, yeah, like yep. uh, crap that's on the side, like a, a pair of, <laughs> a pair of uh, earrings or like any of that stuff, it's got to go. Like if it can go and it's possible to go, then do it because it's going to make that image better. Um, and. Yeah, you all, you all, you always have to look at an image and see where the story is, um, in in what kind of story you want to tell with the image. If if there's something in the image that doesn't help the story, like Andy said, get rid of it or tone it down, hide it. Um, there's there's multiple ways that is where you can get rid of things or hide things and tone things down. Um, but with Andy's image, the story was all about the father's face, and and you did a good job of editing because. He, his face held my attention as to where I didn't want to even look around the the rest of the image. And if, if there were other things in that image that brought my attention, then my eyes would stay away from the father's face and say, oh, look at those people back there. Not, they're not even interested. They're texting on their phones or they're eating dinner or whatever. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd be studying other parts of the image, but since Andy edited that, that image so well... It, it it got a reaction out of me and it held my attention and that's what you want your images to do especially the the big one the big storytelling images 
Absolutely. So the the it's it's literally it's about the details, and I think um, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand that when we like the diff like what a lot of images look like out of the camera to where they go. When you look at like a high end wedding photographer's work, a lot has gone into those images to make them be what they are. You know, sometimes you know sometimes you get you know somebody has more of a natural style and they're shooting a little bit more natural and they're in they just have trees in the background it you know it ends up being easier to get a certain kind of look or whatever but um you know it it even in terms of the you know Ansel Adams you know back in the day like his images he would spend time in the dark room doing the same thing that we're talking about which is you know you know like exposing areas down to like bring out the things that actually mattered um that happened before digital, you know? So it's like, but oh, yeah. you, so you kind of have to do that if you want to take your images to the next level, if you want to have, you know, a, some, some kind of wow factor when a bride is looking at your website. Um, and, and it's just a matter of, of thinking on that level. And it also, that also means that that takes time. It doesn't just happen. It takes time, not only to edit that one photo in particular, but it takes time to learn that and develop a style that, that works for the way that you want to present your images and also you know that where if you're if you're editing your own work which i think most of us are not everybody is but maybe sometimes people get to a certain level and they let that go i think a lot of us have a hard time with that but um but if you want to take those images to the next level you kind of have to do this the kind of stuff that we're talking about here um to some extent or another and i think mm -hmm. that's kind of a shock to a lot of new newer people or newer wedding photographers that kind of get in, they think that it literally just is a photo out of the camera. But raw images are flat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like raw images out of the camera <laughs> are very flat. There's not a lot of not a lot of dynamic in there. Um, and and that's why we have to make decisions about stylistically. Do we want to use the full gamut of a dynamic range, or maybe we like that more modern look? You know, where a lot of people are kind of having things kind of flat and not using all the blacks. I kind of like a contrasty image. Um, but you kind of have to ask those questions for yourself and then make some decisions and, and then kind of like stick to it for a certain point before you totally, you know, change your style all over the place all the time. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty good, <laughs> I guess, start with, 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 cause I mean, really this, this conversation <laughs> and topic can kind of go on forever. Um, is there any other post stuff right, in particular right. that you're thinking about that maybe we should talk about i'm just kind of thinking because maybe there there is in terms of software i mean i just use lightroom and photoshop and then i'll go out into into it used to be nick software but now google kind of bought them out um, mm -hmm. yeah i don't even use that anymore i uh i changed my black and whites to uh um mainly about of how i want to do it you know sometimes with the red mm -hmm. dresses if there's a red dress in the shot you know nick will just change it to like it'll be all black or it'll be like really bright you know so so now i just um change my images mainly and and the reason why i do that is because more more of when i have a um like a blue sky i, I really like to bring that blue sky down to like a like a dark black or mm -hmm. or like a dark shade of gray that kind of thing um, yeah i think what you're just saying is key to listeners you're basically saying you have an idea of what you want to do you just said i want to make that sky do this Notice, notice how Neil did not say, "I want to use this preset," you mean, or I, or I want to use this program because this program is going to make my photos look better. You know what I mean? Like, it, like that's not what it's about. Like, once you get to a certain level, it's more about what do you want to do to your image rather than 
I'm going to use this preset or I'm going to use this piece of software. And that's the answer because that is mm-hmm. not the answer. That is not the answer. The, the answer is in terms of coming up with style is like, what do you want to do to your image? And I've always found that I've never understood. Maybe Neil, you can explain it to me, but I've never understood why somebody would want to take a Photoshop class <laughs> and just like learn the thousands and thousands and thousands of things that Photoshop can do. Right. As opposed to, Hey, what do I want to be able to do? And then I'm just going to go learn it. You know what I mean? Well, like, like I don't get it. Well, I don't get it. Some, some people want a shortcut and to learn it really quick because layers working in layers does get confusing and masking and everything. People, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why people take uh, Photoshop classes just so that they can kind of learn the basics. I mean, I've been working with Photoshop since 2.0 um, and that's when I think, the first series that or the first uh, program was where they introduced layers. Uh, so I got into it as soon as it, it, it came out um, and I started playing with it and playing it ever since. Um, so, I mean, I think that's why people kind of take Photoshop classes just to learn those basics and then they could probably play from there. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of funny about how, me, how you mentioned presets because I think a lot of photographers run out there and, and um, they like the look of someone else's work, and they say, "Oh, how can I get this? How can I get this look by buying a preset?" And they go out and buy presets, and then they load their images, and it looks nothing like the image that they really wanted it to look like. Uh, that's because every image is different. Yes. Every lighting situation <laughs> is different. Yeah. All the colors are different. Um, I, 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 gosh, just try and learn Lightroom, and you can do all of that yourself mainly. And then, and then once you like an image, you can save your own presets and you can kind of play from there. So, so as soon as you kind of make your own preset and you, you apply it to another image and you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't look so good. You know exactly what sliders to fix. So try and play around with, with sliders as much as possible and get to know every single one of them. Like I said, I mainly, I mainly change all of my black and whites. I know exactly what sliders to bring down and push up to make those those blues pop and, and darken and the reds to to go brighter and darker you know it's it's all i mean this th- these are all tools that we should all know just like a carpenter should know know his tools of of saws and hammers and stuff um we should all know this stuff so yeah and and we and if you're new you can't know everything all at once nobody's right, expecting right. you to do that but but i think the thing is is know what you're trying to do Know what you're trying to do with your image. And then once you know what you're trying to do, what you would want your image to look like or what's the most important thing, then you can you can try and find different tools to do it. Like, like how can I expose this area down? Or how can I, um, you know, make this dress pop? Or how mm. can I get rid of the weird temperature, you know, the blue light that's coming in the window that I actually would like to be more consistent and so maybe I'll paint that blue blue light, that area in particular, and then bring the warmth up there so it looks like it's more consistent across the image because that's a look I want in this particular image. Or mm-hmm. maybe you love the blue light. So you so maybe you want to make it more blue to make it to show the contrast between the warm and the cool because in that particular image it works. But it's about that particular image, not about the preset that you're using. You know, like and, and the chances are whoever's trying to sell you presets. Um, they kind of know how to edit themselves. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's always just a starting point for doing the, the, the other part of this that we're talking about to, to, to move and bring somebody's attention to a certain particular area within the image. I think that's the key. And, and, 
Yeah, and, and remember, guys, um, presets are mostly all split toning. Learn how to split tone um, and and lose contrast, you know, especially those muddy images that the, the matte kind of look. Um, just all, all you pretty much have to do is... Uh, um, play with your your um, your curves and uh, and your contrast, and that's it right there. That's like two that's two sliders. So why? And actually, and if you play with split toning, that's like three sliders or four sliders, maybe. You'd save yourself a hundred bucks right there if you learn those those four mm. things. Mm-hmm. Three or four things. Yep. Easily done. So good. I think this was. Uh, oh I, man, I, man, I should have created some presets and. and yeah, I know. We just and... we totally ruined our chance to sell <laughs> presets right now. I know, you know. I know. We're so. I don't. You know. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Maybe we'll <laughs> wait like a few episodes, twenty episodes, and then we'll maybe people will forget this and we'll try and sell presets then. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So. That was a good uh, start on post-production. I think we got into some of the details. I think the stuff that really mattered. Again, guys, if there's stuff that you don't know how to do, it's all out on YouTube. Like, So Neil just mentioned split toning, split toning, for example. If you don't know what that is, YouTube it. Look it up. And then you, somebody will teach you how to split tone. You know, like... Um, and it, that's really what it's... What you should... We should be doing. And it's... You know, all the information is out there. That's why we're very um, fortunate to do what we do in today's digital world. You know? Um mm. Anyway, uh, that said, we're going to go on to a couple conundrums. Uh, Should I ask my conundrum first? Sure. Okay. Bring it. Um, Let me ask you. Let me tell you this. So, Neil. Let's say... um, Here's what I want to (laughs) say. You... Get an email or an inquiry on a particular date for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that I don't know what August 1st, 2017 is, but let me just say, pretend that's a Saturday. Okay. <laughs> so you get, an e- okay. you get an email and say, Hey, my name's uh, Jen. We'll just keep sticking with Jen today because everybody's named Jen, you know? Um, my name's Jen and August 1st, 2017. Um, are you available? And you are available. So you say, Is that the question? You are available, Neil. So you say, <laughs> "Well, I kind of, I kind of go into my thing." Okay, saying congratulations okay. on okay. your engagement. I was just looking for um, a simple yes for right now. Um. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I start off with and say, "Yes, I am available." Um, and da 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 da. Okay, so then you go back and forth with her for a little bit, and mm-hmm. what happens is, um, you say this. Actually, it goes back and forth over email and you say at some point oh no i lost the emails here but i'm just gonna have to go go off this based on memory um but at some point you say hey uh how is such and such a date for setting up a meeting at 6 p.m on such and such a date let's say that whatever that date is so you say and she says and you don't hear anything back you don't hear anything back um for like oh you only you only throw out one date for or did you throw out a couple? No, okay, so to choose from. So I'm sorry. She actually, we went back and forth a couple times, and then she said, "Hey, is this date possible?" And I was, and I responded back. I was like, uh, "Yeah, that's." I might need to look at this now. But I responded back. I was like, "Yeah, that's possible." How is 6 p.m.? 
let me know, confirm back, basically is what I said. Okay. Let me know, confirm yeah. back if that's yeah. actually going to work. Like, cause then I threw out a time at her. Um, didn't hear anything back for like two weeks or something like that. And okay. in the meantime, uh, another bride uh, that, you, that I met with um, weeks ago on the same date that I'd never heard anything back from now all of a sudden wants to book. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe I can ask you what you would do at that point. Um, well, you well you you book the one who's more interested and who's uh, who has better communication, and who um, and first come first serve too. So if uh, that that's kind of like how we do things is first come first serve. If hey, if you're if you want the date, if if you're gonna kind of shop around, like I don't know who you're looking at. You might be looking at five other photographers. You might be looking at twenty, fifty. I don't know. Um, but I need to fill this date up, and if someone's interested, I'm going to fill it. Um, and if, if it, if it's like comes from a referral, um, and they, and they're, they're good with communication and something happens to where maybe family emergency, then I'll try and I'll try and, you know, play both sides and see, you know, play it by ear from there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean the, the first initial email, if it's just say, Hey, looking for photographer, are you available on this date? That's kind of like, uh, eh, I'm just shopping around. Right. Uh, but I, I really look forward to those emails. That I say, oh, my gosh, I love your work. Um, such and such, uh, you know, you did their wedding and they're friends of mine. And I've been following your work for years. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to meet you. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you have you have a meeting booked up within you know five minutes of, of emails. Um, you know, those are those are the clients that I really want. I'm not going to kind of chase around those people who are kind of shopping around and and as, as if they they just need me just because they need someone there to take right. pictures so that um so i kind of play it by who's more interested who's going to enjoy my work more who really wants me and then uh then just kind of just kind of go from there right so yeah. would you take um say that they were both about even um okay and you met with somebody before and then well yeah, yeah if you met with someone before yeah. then the, yeah, I, would, I would go with that that one who who's right. before yeah, that's what I did. I, I mean, I was like, okay, so I haven't heard back from this other person. I specifically said in the email, I said, um, hey, such and such a date, how's 6 p.m.? I was like, let back, please confirm back to let me know. Or I said something like that. Never heard back for like like a couple of weeks. And then this other person um, emails back and is like, hey, we want to book you, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, we took a while to get back. You know what I mean? And so, well, and, pl- and plus you already met right. with those people, this other person, you know, you, she, you tried to schedule her and you couldn't even get that right. going. So once, once she meets you, who knows if she, exactly. even, she's really serious. Exactly. About so I, I did, so she, here's, here's what happened. You know? So I ended up taking the, the second, the original couple that I met with, you know, cause, cause they, cause I met oh, with good. them exactly what you just said. Yep. But then literally, and I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen the, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. the day before the date that I threw out at her, like, like literally the day before she's like, Hey, just want to make sure we can still meet tomorrow. You know, look, this was from the, from the original, from the second, you know, and I was, so I had to respond back. I was like, Hey, sorry, unfortunately, you know, I never heard back from you and somebody else ended up taking the date that I originally met with, you know? Um, yeah, but it's just, yeah. I always, I hate those situations. Like I hate them. Um, but it's her own fault for not getting back to me, right? It's like, um, see, see, you hate them. I kind of, I kind of enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because because I I want the people who really yeah. want me, and I get excited. I get, I really get excited for people who really yeah. want to book me, and I, you know, I, and I get emotionally attached to people who really want yeah. me. So, um, so for those people who are just kind of like 
waiting around and shopping around and whatever, if, if they lose the opportunity, then I'm sorry. Um, and, and I've had those situations happen to me before. And I'm not just talking about photo- photography or wedding photography. It's just like other purchases that I wanted. And, you know, I wait around and then all of a sudden I, I go I go and make the purchase and it's not there. It's sold out. And, you know, I get upset. So I kind of learn my right. lesson. So, I, you know, it's it's if you really want something, you're going to go after yeah. it and get it. And that's what yeah, I want in my totally. clients. One hundred percent. So, so yeah, that's I don't know. Okay. I kind of enjoy those. All right, cool. I just wanted. <laughs> so, I, I knew. I thought. I, I mean, I know that I was doing the right thing, or whatever. I'm just curious to see how you handled that too. So, um, I guess I'm on the same page then. You. So, um, you had a conundrum for me. Yeah, just a little little one, which is kind of like a little easy, but eh, you never know with people. Um, okay, so I had a mother of mother of the bride. Um, she wanted to order some family portraits, mm-hmm. so she she went in and ordered. Um, I would say about five or six five by sevens of a family portrait. Mm-hmm. She got them in, and um, people were getting cut off. And mm. uh, so, what do you what do you do from there? Uh. I would reprint them from for her, um, but I would say, "Hey, you need to order these as a four by six. That's probably what was happening, right? It's like you gotta you gotta order four by six or an eight by twelve, and you have to get an eight by twelve framing. Sorry, that's just the way the image is. I would if if, now, if you know. Now, now in your store, does does it give them the option of cropping? Yeah, it does. It does. Right before it goes to like the checkout, mm-hmm. the cart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always do okay. see the orders that come through. Um, but rarely, I don't usually have a problem, but sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I see the orders, but I really hardly ever check that. Yeah. Check how they how they crop things yeah. um, and, until a problem like this comes up, yeah. which it did. And and I did, you know, I tried to explain about aspect ratios um, over the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, wasn't, that, wasn't, <laughs> what, was it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Yeah, happening. I know. I was just going to say that. How did that go? <laughs> uh, not, not too good. Yeah. Not, not good at all. <laughs> I, I I tried to, um, you know, I asked her, uh, you know, she was, she was a younger mother. Um, you know, I asked her if she had Instagram, <laughs> right? She was like, yeah, I have Instagram. Right. I was like, okay, well, you know how, when you pull an image into Instagram and it wants to crop it into like a square <laughs> and you lose parts of the image, she's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're no, talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, they always look good when I pull them in Instagram. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, then never mind. Yeah. Um, so I, I tried to explain to her about the whole aspect ratio and, but she did reorder in a four by six because I did. Um, um, she and she had no problems with reordering. Yeah. Um. So I told her to order him in a four by six, and so she did. And in the parts of people were still getting cut off. Um. The the people on the end, their arms were getting cut off. Mm-hmm. Um. So I did contact my lab and I told them what was going on. I just wanted. I just I knew what was going on because they they need room for trim mm-hmm. and and all that stuff and but i just wanted to uh to show her that i was i was contacting the uh the people yeah. to get an official response and i got the official response which is exactly what what i just right. said and, and knew so i just forwarded it to her and i said you know what what i'm going to do is i'm if 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 you approve if if the triceps of people are very important to you in the image, I didn't say it like right, that. Yeah, yeah, right, but right. um, but the people's triceps were getting uh, cut yeah, off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I, I told her what I would do is put a white frame around the image, yeah. just very subtle. So if there's any trimming, 
it would trim off the white right. frame. And when right. you put these images inside of a like a five by seven frame, it'll look good with white matting around yeah. it, kind of thing. It'll look almost like a mat. Yep. And she loved the idea. Yep. And so I, so since she made two purchases before that, I reprinted these for her. Yep. And actually, um, I blew up one of the images as in I didn't tell her that, but I blew up the images into a bigger print just for her for the for the troubles of of doing yep. it. So now she has she'll she'll have a, a surprise for a bigger nice. image. So. So that's that's why I did in that situation. Yep. Very good. Um, the right, the right thing mm-hmm. to do. But but yeah, when you're shooting, um, just a little tip. Um, when, when you're shooting, which I should have I should have mm-hmm. done, is just give give your printer a little bit more room on the mm-hmm. sides, especially in those family portraits, because they do need the they call it bleed slash trim, uh, because they they just need it to uh, to cut off the image just a little bit. So you so if you tight if you crop it tightly you're gonna lose a little bit more in, in the in the yep. print so little tip little conundrum right. very good um so, cool. i think that's gonna wrap things up for episode number 48 uh listeners thanks for listening in uh please do mm-hmm. remember to send us in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com review and subscribe on itunes don't forget those reviews in itunes don't forget about that uh, and also, and no, also not at all. Uh, if, if you're too lazy to write a re- review, you know who you are and you've been listening to the show and you're still listening right now and you listen to the end <laughs> all the time and you still haven't written a review, get over there and write a review. Or if you're too lazy, just click stars, click all the stars over there, all the stars. Yes. Just- wedding, wedding photographers, uh, you, you know how you, how much you love those reviews you get from clients on wedding wire and, and all that <laughs> stuff. Well, iTunes reviews, that's, that's our equivalent to, to our podcast is, that's what we like. So and please it helps help other us. people find the show. So thank you for doing exactly. that. Yes. And uh, Neil, where can people follow you? Neil Urban, N-E-A-L. Like I said, N-E-A-L. Yeah, don't forget that. <laughs> U-R-B-N, even though my name still show up uh, if, you, if you Google N-E-I-L. So, uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And I'm Andy Buscemi. Last name is B-U-S-C-E-M-I. And you can Google me and find all my social media that way. Thank you so much for listening in, everybody. And we'll see you next time for episode number 49. Ooh, 49. getting up there in the 50. It's coming close. But yes, good luck uh, shopping out there. Black Friday deals. Uh, we're not going to be back until after that. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Take care. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Bye.